Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Now it's time for Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. He's in South Carolina. By the way, we'll be joined by Ted Cruz at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Boy, things are getting heated out there, Mr. Dupree. Yeah, they sure are, Sean. And Cruz was, uh, I drove a little over two hours to get to his event today, a news conference that was called late last night and had me wondering. I figured it would be some kind of news, and it was, as the the war of words has really escalated today between Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. Cruz revealing to reporters, and he waved around uh, the evidence for us, that Donald Trump's lawyers have sent a cease and desist letter to Cruz. They're aggravated, uh, Trump is, about an ad that Cruz is running in which he uses some old interviews with Trump to raise the issue of whether or not Trump is a real conservative or not. And when the, the ad sort of sums it up by saying, you know, can you trust Donald Trump to put the right people on the U.S. Supreme Court? Of course, Cruz's answer is no. Uh, Cruz absolutely mocked Trump for sending a, a legal notice like that, which, you know, in a sense is sort of like the ultimate insult from Donald Trump that he's going to uh, that he's going to uh, file a lawsuit against you. You know, it comes at a time and I, I talked with you about this yesterday, Sean, the feeling that I have on the ground here. It, it's that the attacks by Cruz against Trump. It's it's not that they're they're just not it's not that they're not working, but they're not having a great impact. It doesn't seem like today. Cruz uh, tried to sort of expand not only hitting Trump today, but also Marco Rubio as he uses his line. He says that anytime you bring up the record, they scream liar, liar. Trump earlier today in his morning event went after Cruz again, labeling him, uh, you know, an, an untrustworthy individual who lies about his record and more. So things are, uh, yes, uh, getting a little nasty here in the Palmetto now, State. L- listen, I, for example, we have Trump on yesterday. We have Cruz on right after you get off the air with us. He'll be on at the bottom of the hour. And, you know, some people then complain because I let them talk. I, I and, and and they're going after <laughs> it's each other. funny you say that because I heard several local radio show hosts in South Carolina yeah. today saying that they've been getting all kinds of fire from listeners because they're supposedly on one side or not on the other and everything. I think we're in the. Well, natural what am I supposed sort of to do? I'm supposed to, to interrupt them and say no, 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 Mr. <laughs> Mr. 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 Trump. Ted Cruz said this. That's not the that. way I'm, I'm the, I'm I like to let... do it is just sort of allow them to give their side. And then the people, you know, everybody can can sort it out for themselves because you and I both know that if you do insert yourself in there either a you might be wrong or b they're they're not going to listen to you anyway and they're going to go ahead and and give their side but it it is uh, i think the bottom line here is that we have seen a lot more of this infighting yesterday as i told you crew sort of took the day off from it Uh, but i think this legal notice got them stirred up today and you should have seen before the event they brought in all these poster boards and had all this stuff ready and they wouldn't tell reporters what they'd been up to they the cruise team had made a last minute rush down to the staples a few miles down the road where they were in seneca south carolina to get their poster boards ready and everything that was the other thing they did was they put together a big poster board sort of all the the money that trump over the years has given to democrats you know that's been out there for a number of months and the the odd part about this year's election certainly in the, the Republican race is that all these things that uh, would sink any other Republican candidate giving money to Hillary Clinton giving money to Senator Reid giving money to the the DCC DNC uh, it doesn't hurt Trump at all and I think from every event that I've been to in Iowa New Hampshire and here in South Carolina you just sort of get the feeling that Trump is able to overcome a lot of this stuff. And that's why on the ground here, I just I know the campaigns are saying, oh, the race is closer. I just don't sense that. I sense like in New Hampshire. That's what this reminds me of, Sean, that Trump is in control here and he has a decent lead. 
And the only issue maybe right now is who's, who's going to finish number two and three. But, of course, uh, the voters will get to make that uh, final yeah, statement. Yeah, I mean, but if you look at these numbers, it's certainly evident. It, it almost reminds me completely identical to New Hampshire. Now it's just a matter yeah, of, yeah. you know, does Trump live up to the poll numbers? Does he underperform, overperform? You know, before New Hampshire, he said, I don't care if I win by one vote as long as I win. No. Yeah, I, I get the sense this week he does care about winning and winning by a bunch here. And that's why I think he's been on the attack. I mean, if you go back and look at since the Saturday night debate, which I had to chuckle because I got on the phone with my father on Sunday and we both agreed that since everybody had been saying, well, Trump went absolutely haywire Saturday night. So this is finally going to be the end of him. We both sort of said, no, that it'll be the exact opposite. And I think that's been proven true. He's ticked down a few points, but nothing major. And there's no momentum really from anybody down at the bottom. I mean, I saw Jeb yesterday. I just didn't sense it. Ben Carson is here. He's running a lot of radio ads. I've certainly heard a lot of ads as I've been driving around the last few days, but I don't sense he's going anywhere. Again, the only thing I wonder is, is Rubio moving enough to catch Cruz for the second spot? And Kasich, I saw him last night. I mean, he certainly has a following and a number of people who are interested in him. But right now, I just don't sense that he's got the big magic here. Now, I want my audience to be paying very close attention to this because... You know, your reporting about crowd size, enthusiasm, et cetera, was dead on accurate. And actually, it was fairly accurate in Iowa, too, but it was dead on accurate in New Hampshire. So I think you going to all the different events of all the different candidates is insightful because you see who has the bigger crowds. You see who's more enthusiastic. Uh, and you sense that Trump has by far the most enthusiasm. And you don't think Cruz's attacks seem to be working as of now. Yeah, that's just sort of the way I feel right now is that uh, Cruz, it's, it wasn't in today's news conference. It wasn't that he was desperate or anything, but I, I sensed frustration in his voice. Frustration in the sense that he really believes that Donald Trump is not a legit Republican. And, he, and I, I think some of the Cruz people are frustrated that they can't seem to win on that issue. And to me, I think it's it's really uh, sort of uh, interesting to see that there is a huge chunk of the Republican electorate not only in these early states, but around the nation, that really isn't interested in sort of some of the doctrinaire stuff that, you know, we all thought had to be part of any candidate who's running for president, that Donald Trump has been able to uh, put something different into this. They don't care about the details of what he's done before. They almost don't care about the details of what he's going to do now. They just simply like that he's going to grab onto that chain link fence in D.C. that's uh, wrapped around the Congress and the White House and start rattling it as hard as he can and try to shake things out of the trees and change things. Yeah. And so it's really a fascinating time within the Republican Party. It really is. But also on the Democratic side, which we'll get to in a minute, one of the things that I've now done in the last couple of interviews with Trump, and I'll interview him tomorrow from Charleston, I'll, I'll be down there with you, is I, I try to get him because the allegation is he's not conservative. So I ask him about every issue out there and he gives conservative answers. Now, I think for the voters, it comes down to this. And I think this is the case that Ted Cruz, I would assume, is going to make at the bottom of this half hour is whether or not they believe in in his transformation, whether or not he grew from somebody that was a businessman in New York who supported liberal candidates and evolved into a conservative after seeing the failures of liberalism. 
Now, that is something... Yeah, and today I was list, uh, listening to local radio as I was driving uh, two-plus hours this morning to get to the cruise event. There were two different times, two different local radio shows, where it was like the morning team was sort of wrapping things up for the day, and they were talking about the cruise uh, race and the Trump race. And Trump came up, and, and two different shows both almost said identical things, where one person said... Oh, yeah. Trump says he's going to be conservative and everybody in the room starts laughing and they all said, sure, he will. Sure, he will. And so there's almost this feeling on the ground here that people understand that maybe that's not going to be the case, but there is still a very strong reservoir of support for him. The other thing I noticed is that in listening to local radio in more rural areas of this state, there's only two names being talked about. One is Trump. One is Cruz. Rubio gets much more attention in the urban areas, but not outside well, you're uh, dealing of those with major two, urban areas in South Carolina. Yeah, two very different electorates. If you look at the the northwestern and northern part of the state is very, very heavy evangelical. And you get down to the, the more southern part, Myrtle, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, Charleston, etc. A little different electorate, still Beach, conservative, yeah. Myrtle Beach. Um, a little different, but not as evangelical as the northern and northwestern parts. Yeah, and I do think, you know, the cruise people, I really believe, thought that they could reproduce their their very good outcome with evangelical and religious voters uh, that they had in Iowa and bring that down here. But again, Trump has been able to span all stripes of this party so far. And even though there may be people who uh, raise red flags about what he's believed in the past on abortion and what he would do now and what he might do on the court and what he might do, you know, in the Congress... They are giving him the benefit of the doubt in a way that I don't think anybody else could get the benefit of the doubt. You know, Jeb Bush or anybody else certainly could not. So it's uh, it's almost like, um, in a sense, Ted Cruz is out here fighting a fight on a football field. And I'm sitting actually right next to Death Valley at Clemson University right now in the parking lot. He's playing on one football field that's over there about a half mile away and trump's own football field is different it's got it's got different line markers and everything and trump is winning on that field that nobody else expected to be on that that's the best uh, metaphor i can i could really present from here on the ground sean all right so what people may forget and i want to remind our audience is that south carolina for the republicans is saturday saturday and nevada is for the democrats on saturday it's a dead heat also, two new yeah. polls show a dead heat nationally for Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. And then they flip, and the Republicans are out in Nevada on on th Tuesday, Tuesday, and then the Democrats go to South Carolina on Tuesday. No, on, on Saturday, the oh, 27th sorry. Sat the following the Democrats Saturday. are in South Carolina. That's right. And yeah. then the they following Tuesday is Super Saturday Tuesday. Saturday primaries. That's correct. All right. You are correct. So it's a very short run from uh, the yeah. South Carolina Democratic primary to Super Tuesday. Bernie Sanders was in the state yesterday, and then he went to Atlanta. Uh, you know, look, that poll out in Nevada, Nevada, if that's really the case, then that's a perfect example of what we've discussed in recent weeks, momentum. Sanders has not spent much time out there at all. Uh, the Clinton people have been more organized and everything. But if Sanders could almost pull off a win, if he could win in Nevada, then I think the polls in in uh, in this state would get even closer. Yeah, for the and Democrats now that you remind me that the Saturday. time is different, I mean that that gives them time to start competing. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, and things by yeah, and that's the other thing. I mean, I know there were a whole bunch of polls that came out today that said Hillary was ahead in a variety of Super Tuesday states. Again, what I would say, and this is true for the Republicans as well momentum from early states can change those polls so if you had bernie win out in nevada 
I think those other races might get a little tighter as well. No, I think so. And, you know, one of the things that's really sad but very predictable, and it started with the Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia passing away, Republicans saying that the voters should decide, uh, and they have constitutionally the right to stop that uh, through the advice and consent. And if the Senate stays in session, there's nothing the president can do. He can't make a recess appointment. So that should be a big issue in this campaign going forward. But Hillary Clinton is now claiming it's because of race of the president that that the Republicans are acting this way. And the race card is kind of being played heavy uh, in South Carolina now among the Democrats. Here, let me tell you something I found interesting in driving around this state the last three days and listening to local radio, not not national like you, but local people. Why do you keep and promoting local radio is, as if I'm like a, you know, the stepchild someplace in the radio world? Why do you do now, that? Now, 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 there's nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with you at all. I'm just trying to get a, a you know, the pulse of here. I'm just teasing. And what I was amazed by was the number of comments that I heard in call-in shows and from radio hosts in this state in which they disagreed with the Republican plan so far on the Supreme Court that most of the comments were you know what don't just bottle it up and say we're not gonna hold a hearing we're not gonna have a vote or anything just let the president nominate go through the hearings and then bring it to the floor and defeat it and it was really interesting because I would have thought it would have been the other way like oh no don't take any chance you know there's no reason to do it but there there seems to be a bit of a of a of a difference there at least here locally that i've heard in the last few days you see i think this is disgraceful that obama's gonna snub scalia's funeral it was in the politico today he's not no, gonna i don't attend. know i don't know what the uh i don't know yeah, what well, the usual the funeral, thing is the, as to whether a president goes or not well the most recent member of the supreme court to die was uh former chief justice william rehnquist george w bush not only attended the funeral but he eulogized rehnquist it would seem like uh, an easy way, thing to do. I, I've been out of D.C., so I don't know if his schedule well, is remember, off. But, after, you know, look, everybody. After Obama attacked Supreme Court justices in the State of the Union, Scalia and Thomas never went back. And I don't blame them. Remember Alito's yeah, so there mouthing, some, not ex- true, ex- not true? Existing bad blood. Oh, yeah, not true, not true. Absolutely, yeah. I do remember that. I was there not night. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. All right, Jamie, uh, where are you going to be tomorrow? I'm going to be in Charleston, and then I'm up in Greenville, and then I'm um, back to Charleston. What are you doing? You know, I think I'm going to be in the upper and the north, uh, the upstate area tomorrow because I'm going to try to do a triple of getting Rubio, Cruz and Trump all day tomorrow. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to be in Anderson, in Easley and in uh, in well, and, and one other I'll place. I'll shoot you an email. See if we so can... I'll try to run into you there. All right. I'll try and buy you a beer. Will you, will you allow that, Mr. Objective <laughs> Reporter? 